Can I just say uh, some, some things, a uh, couple of things about next, today and, and, and next week, really. Next week's general election, if you didn't know that already. But, uh, and Bourne House is being used as a polling station. The church is used, but Bourne House is being used because of the Christmas party extravaganda that goes on the whole week here. So think and pray. It's, it's amazing that Bourne House is being used. It's a place where we pray. It's a place, it's a place of worship. So that we might have an influence. Not that we influence the election in a, in a way, one way or the other. But there's an influence of grace. There's an influence of righteousness. There's an influence of mercy. So that, that is amazing in itself. And, and it's moved from the church to the house because... Um, next week, over 500 men, women, boys and girls are going to come through the church. The Christmas party is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. It's amazing. All from our community. The world will be coming. So between the Christmas party next week, uh, in toddler time, Christmas party, and the election, a couple of thousand people will be coming through the church here. You know, people say about what we're doing in the community, what about evangelism? It's amazing. It really is quite amazing. And we have an amazing opportunity as we worship and as we pray. And, uh, and this year at the toddler time party, there's a real heart and been praying over the year that there will be a real sort of great fun. It's an amazing time for parents and children. But the central message of Christmas, that God so loved the world, will come through. And that's our real prayer this year. So, uh, so, that, so this evening... So this evening is our opportunity of inviting community. So generally, it's from our toddler community. So in, in, in our toddler group throughout the week, you may not, you may realize this, we probably would have, in, in the course of any week, um, 350 different people come through our toddler group and babies. So it's Oasis toddlers and Oasis babies from our community, mums, dads, grandparents, single parents, and babes and children coming through this place. Wow. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've never known anything like it. It's absolutely amazing. I see it across the week. And what an amazing opportunity to influence our community. Now, lots of people in our community, I'm taking some time because you might not realize this. And it's something to really be excited over and pray over. Lots of people in our community say about the Oasis toddlers, and what a great toddlers that is. And so it is but the influence of the Spirit of God. Yeah. You know, the, the presence of God, Andrew rightly says the presence of God is here. That isn't just to make us feel wonderful, although he does, but the presence of God, the tangible, almighty, the heavenly, the holy, the good God. You see, and parents come here, and they'll, they'll be going into the creche, which is, I, I, I'd love to show you what it's, it's amazing in there. It's like a, a, like a grotto. that You'd pay a fortune to go to the Intu Center. And, and it's amazing what's going to be. It's like amazing in there. And then pe- people have an amazing experience. But our desire is that they would experience the presence of Jesus here. That's our desire. And um, so let's, you know, get hold of that this year. So again, so this evening, 4.30, it's, it's our family carols. But, well, but, but you know... You may say to yourself, well, that's not me. I haven't got any children. I've not got a toddler. I've not got a baby in the family carol service. So it's a night, I'm, you know, it's no six, third, no six o'clock meeting. There's no evening meeting. Our evening meeting is at 4.30 as a church, family carols. And we would love, as the toddler commu- and our community come and gather here, right? And the donkeys are going to, I don't know how we're going to do it, but the donkeys are going to actually come in here. That's, that's, that's the idea. There's two of them. I asked why, because they need their friends. 
and one without the other gets upset. So there's two. There should only be one for the story, but we've got two. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, it's, it, it's drawing the families here. But it'd be great if also our church, as a church, you and I, community, you could think about being here too. Because it'd be great to have the world come here, but it's great to have other people to say, welcome, welcome, rather than uh, just, just a few of us. And, and over the years, people have got that vision, and um, it, it's a great opportunity just to shake someone's hand and to say, how great to see you. Uh, it, it just warmth and be Jesus. And you know what? It's, gonna, it's, making, it's making a huge difference and a huge change. Okay, there goes. There's me. That's me for a moment or two. But uh, it's exciting. I see it. I, I've got used to it. I see it. You might not. But it is amazing what's happening, what's happening. And, and our coffee house being released and renewed, loads of new people coming through the coffee house. You know, Alan, Coral, Andrew, Penny, others of you, Maureen, others of us, uh, uh, Carol, uh, Sophie, you know, uh, others that are volunteer and, and others that may, I may not have mentioned are seeing and hearing and people coming and people coming to a prayer and uh, a coffee and prayer. It's, it's, it's amazing what is happening. It, thanks, Mike. Honestly, it, it, it is. I have to pinch myself. And, so, and, and, and when Mike, Mike leading, what a great worship team. Mike leading and saying, it's, we're praying, Lord, it's not just in here, but out there. It's happening out there. It, it is, it is. And, the, and, the, and they're also coming here. I pinch myself saying, wow, wow. And um, so I, I am excited. And I'm not the sort of excitable type of person. <laughs> Speak to my wife, and she's saying, Adrian, you're right, you're right, you're quiet, you like to be in the background, you don't. But as, as Andrew's leading us this morning, you know, wow, what can we say? What an amazing, what wonderful God. And if, if I'm not excited, if you're not, we're not. And I want to talk about that this morning when we look at Joseph's journey. There we go. Okay, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, about being excited about the journey, getting excited about the Christmas journey, and that Christmas isn't just uh, one, one day or a few days or so many shopping days left, whatever it is you've got left, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's an all-round journey, and just getting excited about that again. And, and over the years, I've, I've been through many a Christmas, I've been a Christian quite a long time now, 36 years a believer that's quite a few Christmases as a believer, and uh, I've got used to certain things, and I'm just digging afresh, and, and God's stirring up my heart again and again and again, uh, because it's a journey that we're on uh, with him together. So let's have a look at a few things. So I want to read uh, just a moment, uh, just a, a few verses from uh, Matthew chapter 1, and... Um, it's a well known in the uh, account of the birth of Jesus, and particularly at the Christmas period, we would read it quite a lot. But uh, if you've got a Bible, you might want to turn to it. Uh, if not, just sit back and listen. It's Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. It's in Matthew chapter 1. And verse 18, and we read, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him 
in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, God amongst us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. Then I want to read a little bit from Matthew chapter 2. It's where Joseph's mentioned again. Such an amazing character is Joseph, and he's only mentioned a couple of times. But uh, here we are again. And so in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, it's part of the story of the, uh, the early, uh, those early um, 18 months of Jesus' birth and, 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 and life. Um, when they had gone, that's the, that's the, 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 the wise men or the travellers. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until um, I tell you, for Herod is going to search uh, for the child and kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. I mean, that was some time. And so fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, that's the wise men, the stargazers, he was furious. Uh, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. He committed a genocide. That's basically what's going on here. It's horrific. And under, in accordance with the time that he'd learned from the Magi. And then what was said through the prophet of Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea, in, a place, in place of his father Herod, rather, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. So I just want to take a few moments and, and just you know, speak about the birth narrative or the birth account of Jesus from Joseph's point of view. Um, I've, over the years, probably something I've, to be honest, maybe to my shame, in all these years, it's something I've hardly ever done. In 36 years, and probably um, 30 of those in speaking and preaching, I've maybe done that maybe once. Probably so. I, I I was intrigued this this time as I was reading the birth narratives, thinking about this day um, a little while ago, and uh, it, 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 some things jumped out of the page regarding. And I, I want to look at things from Joseph's point of view. We can look at it from the shepherd's point of view, from the wise men, the magi, from Mary, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist, and you know, and and uh, the prophecies in Isaiah of of Emmanuel, God with us and amongst us. I've looked at all of those over the years, but I've not looked at this point. And it's interesting because 
Joseph's briefly mentioned over these two chapters. I say two chapters, it, it, it may be 20 verses or 25 verses and the account of Joseph and, and the instrumental part that he played in the safe delivery of Jesus, the Son of God, is quite spectacular. Um, I would say that if Joseph hadn't seen what he'd seen in his dream and hadn't done what he'd done as the dream, the appearance of the angel had instructed him, we, we may not be here today. I know hindsight's a great thing, but he had an instrumental part to play, uh, a monumental, um, a pivotal, um, and quite an amazing part to play in the safe delivery of the Son of God into this very world. It's quite spectacular, and he gets a bit of a mention, uh, and uh, um, I wouldn't say it's matter of fact, but just generally, it's not not glossed up, Hollywood style, as it were, um, the way that he's mentioned. And um, he's, he, he never takes centre stage. The lady in blue, Mary, the, the girl in blue, takes centre stage. From all the nativity plays, the little child wears the blue outfit. That's what I'm getting at. But Mary takes centre stage, and rightly so, you know, bringing, uh, carrying the Son of God uh, within a womb, and I understand it. But, but Joseph never really takes much of a centre stage in anything. And yet he plays a spectacular part. And there's something that we can see and something that I've sort of learned afresh um, this, this last time as I've looked at him and, and his reaction and his actions. It, it, somebody said, it's not just your actions, it's your reactions that's important in life. Um, my temperament, I'm a funny old sort of character. I'm a bit sort of laid back, quite a quiet character. But at the same time, I have to control a bit of a, uh, the Latin part of my dimension of my life because I can get a bit wound up. I can get a bit snappy. And uh, that's something I have to work on really hard. So I'm, a, I'm a, a funny mixed bag of a person, if I'm honest with you. And, and so there's some things that we can learn about the character uh, uh, of, of and, and reaction and actions of Joseph um, in, in our, our own journey. And I want to speak about your Christmas journey, my Christmas journey, not just... For the next couple of weeks, because Christmas is coming up, but thinking about life. And uh, that's what I want to go through, take us through for just for a moment or two. Yet, such a defining role does Joseph have in Jesus' safe birth and delivery. Um, when I, I, I entitle this Joseph's journey, because they do. Mary, Mary and Joseph go on a journey to Bethlehem because of a census. And, but I want to say to you this morning, I want to put to you that it wasn't just a dusty road. You know, a bit later on this afternoon, we'll be singing as these little donkeys, as these big donkeys, walk, come in and, and, and walk in, little donkey on a dusty road. Um, Joseph and Mary, I would suggest to you that their journey wasn't just on a dusty road to Bethlehem and then later on, on, on a journey, a hazardous journey escaping to Egypt. But the journey was, was be far greater was in his broken heart. The journey that Joseph um, went through in, in, in his broken heart and how he came out the other side, I think, is, is the greatest of the journeys that spoke about here. Yes, there is a journey on a dusty road and going to Bethlehem. That's all fulfilling prophecy. It's an amazing story. It actually happened. Yes, I'd agree with that. But the greatest journey is what was going on inside. And for you and I, I want to ask you this morning... How, you know, are, are, are you on your journey? I mean, it, it's, it's Christmas. The danger for Christmas for me, I don't know about you, is that it's a great story. It's a moment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great moment. And then as the years go by, it, it, it's a, well, it's a great moment. Yeah, it is great, but it's a, it's a good moment. 
See, if it, if it stays a moment, it, there's a danger that I get a bit used to it. I've heard it all before. I've, you know, how many, how, many more, how many more slants can you have on the... Some, 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 sometimes people say to me, well, I've got a big, big one this year. How are you going to get a different, different message from that? It, there's, there's a certain gist to the story, isn't there? And there is a danger in our own hearts that we can get used to stuff. I don't know about you, but I get used to stuff. I can get used to the Christmas story. I get, I get you know, is it going to get bigger and better? Are we going to have more lights? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be a big special laser show? Is it going to be more spect... What are we going to do to make it more spectacular? And, um, th- but if it stays as a moment, that's just it. It's just a story. But, uh, it, you know, it's not to be a moment. It's to be a movement. You see, the Christian life isn't just a moment. I became a Christian and that's great. And we talk about that story, my life, that Jesus. But it's got to be something that moves inside of me. There's a, this is what I'm getting at. There's a journey. In, in, and even in Christmas, I feel God speaking to me about the, the message of Christmas, about the birth of Jesus, what it means, what it means to our world, what it means in me. How, how, how awesome is that? Uh, do I can still carry the wonder of that? Am I growing in the wonder of that? There was a moment, talking about moments and movements, but there was a, a moment this morning where there was a real sense, I don't know about you, but real wonder. God is here. A lot of people nodding and saying, yeah. It's not just about feelings, I know that. But there is this heart. And this is what I want to get at this morning. When we talk about the journey, and you, next time you sing, little donkey on a dusty road, got to keep on plodding onward. You know, it's the journey of the heart. It's the journey of our hearts and our spirits and our minds in moving on with God, in taking the next step, in growing in faith, in reaching out in the world, in loving Jesus, in seeing how wonderful he is and it coming out in my own life. And so I just want to just take, not long left now, so these next few seconds, few minutes, just to unpack that. There are three things that I want to look at that I see in Joseph's journey. Number one is mercy. There is um, something in, in his heart. He, he, he takes a journey of mercy. Um, you know, in, in this account, it says there, um, the word mercy means to be compassionate or to have kindly forbearance uh, shown to, to one that offends you. Kindly forbearance shown to one that offends you. Compassion. Another, another uh, dictionary says pity, benevolence, to have mercy. Uh, this is an amazing story of, in, of great mercy. Uh, now, you might not realize that, but if you look at the text, it says there that uh, Joseph, when he heard that Mary was with, knew that Mary was with child, it says in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Let me explain that, because you might not think that carries much mercy. You might, you might be thinking, what on earth is all that on about in the age in which we live? If I might just say this, in the day and age when this would have been, when this happened 2,000 years ago, in Eastern culture, in, in Eastern Jewish culture, marriage what starts with a pledge. So the families get together, the, the fathers get together, the, uh, a person who'd be like the groom, 
groomsmen would get together on behalf of the family and they would talk about the bride and the groom and they would agree and they'd agree a, a price, a dowry. They agreed a dowry price because the woman leaving her home would join the um, family of her husband and that family would generally they'd all stay together in the same home. And so one family would be losing one of their family to another and another family gaining. And if you lost a member of your family, that was one less to work and forage and, and look after life. And so there was a compensation. That's the gist of, 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 the, of the, the marriage, the marriage uh, act and contract. And, um, and so what would happen? There'd be this, 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 pledge, this, this season of pledging. And then as, as the contracts were drawn up, um, betrothal. And, and at the point of betrothal, that was, a, that was it done. You, you, you were like married, but you weren't married, but you were married. Uh, legally, the two were bound. And then there was a year between what they call the pledge betrothal and then the actual marriage wedding day. And uh, what most Bible scholars would say is that this, when we, this account is written and Mary becomes pregnant, she's somewhere in that year. She's had the pledge and betrothal to Joseph, the agreement to pay her family to compensate them as all being contracted. And, um, and in that one year between betrothal and marriage, the two would never come together. And so, for jo- and, and that was, the, uh, that was, that was uh, to add to that, to add to, and, and so in that time, and so, to find that Mary had a child, Joseph would say, it's not me. This was massive. This was massive in their culture. This was cataclysmic in their culture. Now, I say cataclysmic because it's dangerous. In the culture of the day, and in, even in some parts of the world to this day, if the betrothed was found to have a child, and it's not the husband because that's the way it was worked out, then... Yes, there would be a divorce, but it would be very public. And in that public time, there would become mob rule. And, the, and in Jewish law, they were allowed to stone that person to death. It, it, it's, you know, it's not right. It's, of course it's not right. I'm just saying that's the climate and the environment. Not only that, for Joseph to let alone any of that, all this would be going on in their, his mind and heart. Imagine, imagine the seat now. Not only that, if... Um, Joseph were to take the child on board. Gossip, rumour, stigma, the sort of culture of that age where you were in a village and the family, everybody knew you, everybody saw you, you saw everybody every day. It's a bit like Long Eaton, really. You go to Asda and you see everyone. You watch which counter you're on and what you're buying. In case somebody pops around the aisle. Hello! <laughs> and, it was, it, and the stigma would have been awful. And so even if Joseph said, well, we're going to do this, I'll ride out the storm. You couldn't. You wouldn't for the rest of their lives. So they were in, there was a terrible dilemma. And so this is the background of what's going on. And it says that Joseph there, um, he, this is a story of incredible mercy. Uh, what, what Joseph does, uh, initially, it says before he knows anything, this is the account it says there. He says he, he wants to honor the law. So I believe he was an, a God-honoring person, but at the same time, he didn't want to show this publicly because he knew 
what this would do to all of the families and what this would do to Mary. Probably lead to her death. At worst, but at best, probably stigmatized for the rest of her life. If he did this privately, do you know what would happen? Mary, even if this was private and nobody knew generally and she wasn't stoned to death, privately she would never be able to marry again. If she could, No one would want to marry her in the culture of the day. And if you weren't married, you had no livelihood. It was just the culture. That's that culture. So she would have been doomed to poverty, shunned by her family, even if she had a life. This was awful. It, 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 for us, the Christmas, you know, the nice, the nice picture and everything, it, but it wasn't. It just, at, at, at that moment, it was, it was frightening. It was a frightening moment. But, so, but Joseph decides, I, I won't do this public. I, 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 I would say he moves in mercy. There's the shock, the horror, the outrage, the shame. Um, you know, it, it was a huge catastrophe. And yet Joseph moves with compassion, um, kindness, forbearance, benevolence. And that's what mercy is. Joseph decides to divorce her quietly. You know, God's mercy to us, Rick Warren said this, God's mercy to us is the motivation for showing mercy to others. Remember, you will never be asked to forgive someone else more than God has forgiven you. My journey, Joseph's journey. Joseph had to go on a journey. He started a journey of mercy. It wasn't easy. And so for you and I, there is a journey of, this reminds me of my own journey of mercy. Christmas, God's Mercy to you and I will never be asked to do more than what he's already shown you and I. Isn't that amazing? But where are you in your journey? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. If you're compassionate, kind, benevolent to those that hurt you or offend you, then we will be shown blessed mercy. Um, I, I, I sort of think that mercy seems to multiply. It appears to me, from, from what Jesus says about, you know, if you show mercy, you'll be shown mercy. From what we see with Joseph, you see, what happens with Joseph is that he determines to divorce her quietly, verse 19. And then in verse 20, an angel appears to him at night and says, don't, don't do it, don't do it. The child that she has is born of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is the Messiah. This is the special, the anointed one. This is God's one. And Joseph then obeys what the angel says. Mercy multiplies. He he moved in mercy before he knew. And then something amazing happens. It's a release of God in his life. And I want to put to you that mercy multiplies. It spreads. It opens the floodgates of God's love. It puts you and I in a place to receive even greater mercy, the presence of God himself. When we are merciful, when we are benevolent, when we reach out to those that offend Because God is so good, it seems to open a gate, a floodgate, the very opening of heaven to our hearts and lives. This is what happened to Joseph. He went on a journey of mercy. Second thing I want to say, that journey is not only a journey of mercy, but it's a journey of love. You know, I believe Joseph loved Mary. I honestly believe that Joseph really did love Mary. He wasn't just doing the right thing. Uh, You could say, maybe I'm reading a bit too much into it, but look... um, it does appear in the text that he's torn between, it says that Joseph was a man faithful to the law. And it says, I will divorce Mary quietly. He didn't want to see her hurt. Interesting. He's caught in a double whammy. 
Imagine the agony, the anxiety, the dilemma, the depression, the, 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 the worry, the, the, the angst of that moment. And, and I want to say, I would say this, that there's two things here. Um, um, mercy, compassion to those who offend us requires love. Uh, this is why I think that Joseph truly loved um, Mary. It requires a love. And it says of Joseph that he was faithful to the law. I believe that he truly loved God. And yet he wanted to divorce her quietly. The law would say he could be open about it and be, have restitution himself. And if she was stoned, that wasn't his lookout. But there's something more. He, he wants to honor the law of God and love God. But he also loved Mary with, with, with I think, a heart that he didn't want to see her hurt. And it wouldn't see her have public disgrace and mob rule. Um, I believe that, that, that Joseph loved God. It's interesting. It says he's faithful to the law, verse 19. And then the angel says to him, Joseph, son of David. He was greeted by the angel, Joseph, son of David. Now, to you and I, that rattles off to me. But that was a very special greeting. It was a very highly exalted greeting. David was the greatest king that Israel had ever had. And it was of the line of David that the Messiah was predicted in prophecy to come. And so when the angel says, oh, Joseph, son of David, he's highly exalting him. Joseph was a really special guy. He was a really spiritual guy. He came from a great line, but I believe he was faithful to the law and faithful to God. He loved God. This is why the angel recognized that. It's amazing. It's there in the text. You can look at it for yourself. Um, uh, and it's interesting. It, you know, the righteous receive re- revelation. When, when we're in a place of mercy, the gates of mercy seem to be open to you and I. When we're in a place where we're right in our hearts with God and we don't realize it, then it's that God reveals himself to us. And we think, where did that come from? When you do the right thing and you don't realize you're doing the right thing. You know, Joseph in his heart said, I'm, not, I'm going to do this quietly. He, he put himself in a right place with her, a right place with God. There's then that God revealed himself. God revealed, opened up heaven to him. Are you looking for something in your heart, your life, your home? Are you looking for God in your life? Do you want to see a way forward? Open your heart to mercy and the love of God. You know, um, love sees A.W. Tozer said this, you can see God anywhere if you set your mind to love and obey him. How about this? I'll say it again. It's a great quote from Tozer. He said this, you can see God anywhere if you set your mind uh, mind to love and obey him. It's what Joseph did. He saw God. God revealed himself. The angel revealed. I believe it's because of love. You see, um, in 1 John uh, 1 John 4, we read that God is love. God is love. That's who he is. Intrinsic nature of God is love. If you set your heart to love God, even though you don't see, you will ultimately see. It's amazing. You think, oh, if I love them, they've got one up on me. Oh, if I love them, oh, look at I don't like this. I understand that because I feel like that at times. But if you truly set your heart to love, if you truly set your heart on this journey of mercy and this journey of love, then you will see God, feel God, know God, experience God, have the presence of God in your home, your life, your heart, your marriage, at work, whatever it is. So important. I can't stress how important this is. We often hear about love and love God, the love of God. Absolutely right. This is incredible. This is foundational. This is the linchpin. This is the pivot, as it were, for our whole of our lives. You know, C.S. Lewis said this, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. 
Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. Doesn't. Doesn't change. And you and I will feel out of love, in love, can't see God of love. Reach out to him. Where where are you growing in your love for God and the love for those around you? Where are you growing in your journey of mercy? I want to ask you this morning. At Christmas, you know, it's God's love for us. God's mercy poured out towards us. God's love bestowed upon us. Such is the good nature of our God. Where are you on your journey of love for God? Finally, sacrifice. With this, we'll close. You know, um, Joseph, Joseph would have had a life confronted by gossip, stigma, um, you know, whose child was this? If, if he had just took the child on board, which he did, he did that actually. And in Jewish tradition, there's a lot of gossip and stigma in, in general Jewish tradition about the child of Jesus. It's not true, but, uh, uh, but, but this did follow him later. Joseph would have uh, had a life uh, of gossip and rumor. Um, whose child is that? You can imagine the town's people saying, um, you know, you're supposed to stay apart for a year. Where's that baby come from? At, be- at best, that his whole life would have been stigmatized and gossiped over. And you could say, well, I'll get over that. In this age, you, 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 okay, switch off Twitter, um, uh, unfriend them, blank off this, switch off the TV, go and live on the Isle of Sky or wherever it is you want to go and, and on, on, on your own or something. But, but in, in that society, you just couldn't escape. You'd face him every day as soon as he opened the door and went to get some water or whatever it was. You know, it, it, there was a sacrifice um, um, you know, and, and that would have followed him when he obeyed the angel, I, be, I would believe. Um, it, later on, it says that they became refugees, migrants, fleeing genocide. Herod was going to kill all those two years and under. And so they had to... He, this, this is a lovely story, but it's, it's, it's a tough story. It cost them dear as a family. It cost Joseph really dear. They had to flee genocide, mass extermination of babes and up to two. Hundreds of children in the vicinity, and they had to flee and flee for their lives. Um, and, and, and they couldn't even retire into their home in peace after that because Archelaus was governor, so they couldn't even go back to the place that they called home. They had to go somewhere else. It cost them. It cost them. It cost them. It's sacrifice. But God looks after those that honor him. You know, love gives. It's a sacrifice. The expression of God's love is to give. He gave his son. God so loved the world that he gives his one and only son. It's a sacrifice. He gives. Love gives. You know, there's God gives his son. The son gives his life for you and I. In the giving of his son, as Andrew rightly said, this beautiful baby, he then ultimately will grow to give his life for the world, the sins of the world. You know, and we are called to give our lives, our very hearts to God. That's the greatest expression of love that you and I can ever give God. It's not your time. It's your life. It's not just a bit of energy. It's your very heart, my heart, to sacrifice, to give our lives to him. And um, then pour them out for others. And so we see in this story, Joseph's journey is one of mercy, love, and growing sacrifice. And God blesses them with the most amazing son who grows and, and changes the course of the universe. Not just the history of the world, but the very course of nature and the very universe. How amazing is that? Hope is here. Will you join the Christmas journey uh, growing in mercy, growing in love, and growing in sacrifice? Let's pray. Let's pray.
I like, if the worship team could come back, back, back that'd be great. We'll close with it as, as we sing. But I'm just going to pray. Let's follow the journey, this wonderful God, and grow in mercy, grow in love, and grow in sacrifice. Father God, see our hearts. We give you our lives afresh this morning. We thank you that you so love the world that you give your one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Hope is here. How good are you are, almighty God. Now will you receive our hearts. We want to grow in mercy, compassionate to those that offend us. Grow in love and grow in sacrifice as we give you our hearts today. Father God, will you receive my heart, my life, my mind. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand together as we close this morning and seal that for our own hearts. And this 2019, let's join the journey. Let's grow in the journey. You may have to rejoin the journey. You may need to renew your heart for the journey. Whatever it is, whatever you need, whatever we need to do this morning, let's give him our hearts and lives afresh as we honour him and give him the highest praise. God bless you.